Good morning. I want to thank the Reynolds for bringing me to this overwhelming event. Until uh, two days ago, I thought that Sam Donaldson and Sally Fields are just screen figures. <laughs> and even, even being in Stockholm didn't convince me otherwise. Now I see that you are really live walking human beings. How wonderful. <laughs> So let me tell you briefly what we did and why we were awarded, and I will not use any scientific terms. What we, uh, what we studied is how the body disposes, destroys its own proteins, and the question is why we have to destroy our proteins, why we are at all involved in destruction. And there are two main reasons for it. One is that our proteins are very gentle structures, and they are getting harmed and damaged all the time, and therefore we have to replace them. So we have to destroy the damaged one and to replace them um, with new ones. Think about a piece of meat that you are leaving on the table in the morning before going to work and you are coming in the afternoon and it's all stinking and gone. You cannot use it anymore because the proteins in this piece of meat are just destroyed. Think about the, the, the milk or the cheese that you are failing to put in your refrigerator. It's all gone. The difference between the milk and the meat and our body that we are able to renew ourselves, right? This dead flesh uh, is not. So one reason that we are destroying our proteins is the damage that is occurring to them. The other one is switching. There are many processes in the body that we have to switch on and off. There are many regulators, and therefore, once we are destroying the switch, the process doesn't exist anymore. Then we are synthesizing a new protein, and we are switching it on. So why it is all important? It's important because once it's faulty, we are in big trouble. And there are two groups of diseases that are resulting from aberration in the system that we discovered. If we cannot dispose our garbage, think about the city of New York with the garbage collector strike for one week, how the city is going to look like. We are accumulating this damaged protein and there is a whole set of new diseases that are called the misfolding diseases in which these misfolded non-functional proteins are accumulating. Among them are diseases that are afflicting heavily the Western world, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson, and so on and so forth. So this is one set of diseases. And think about diseases of switching, about proteins that are not switched on and off at the right time, and here we are in cancer, and Sam mentioned cervical carcinoma, and there are many others. The cells are dividing, they are exact biological clocks that tell each protein when and where to divide, and if this clock doesn't tick, doesn't click at the right pace, we are in trouble. So based on this knowledge, the, uh, many diseases have been discovered, and now there are also drugs. There is already one drug marketed in the market. It is used to one disease, to one type of leukemia, which is called multiple myeloma, but many, many more are in the line. So this is why I got this along with my mentor, Avram Hershko and Ernie Rose, uh, another mentor of mine in the Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia. We uh, were awarded what we were awarded. Now, what are the lessons for you that I tried to learn from this, uh, from this uh, voyage of 30 years. It was a wonderful voyage because we started with a vague idea, and the first lesson is, again, about the vague idea. Nobody believed that at the very beginning because the entire world at that time, the entire scientific community, was busy with translation of the genome into the protein, how proteins are synthesized. And we were on the other side. We were garbaging, we were scavengering. So nobody believed us. So I, I think that the lesson to learn is not to go with the fashion, and especially when you are in a small country. So we were not in the mainstream at all. We actually, we were swimming against the stream. So, but this doesn't hold only to small countries. If you want to be original, I think, um, you first pick up, obviously, the good mentor, the, 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 the wonderful mentor, and then you are really doing something that other people are not doing. So this is the first lesson. The second lesson that I learned along the years 
is that there is much more into my career than my science and my work. I have a family, I have a country. I'm coming from a very peculiar country that is only 57 years old. And this country was established as a direct result of the Holocaust in Europe. And uh, my parents immigrated to Israel from Poland before the Holocaust, and this country means a lot for me. The language, the archaeology, the history, the music, everything. And I got many offers to be in this country. I admire America, but nevertheless, my presence in Israel and my contribution to the Israeli society, I believe, is enormous. And I have been there, I am there, and I will be there. So think about your family, think about your nation. I had a wonderful opportunity here to talk to people from Senegal, from Namibia. Learn all what you can in the outside world. Go back to your places, develop it. This is one important mission that you can carry with you. And we just heard about the situation in Afghanistan and about uh, our world, and America is wonderful. There is a lot to learn from this country, but there is much more to the world than this country, and I'm proud to be uh, an Israeli citizen. So the second lesson. And the third one is never aspire to prizes. I never dreamt of the Nobel Prize. I never put it on my agenda. It's crazy to put it on my agenda. It's a rare mutation. Only 770 people got it, and about 200 are alive. So don't, don't, even think, don't, don't even think of prizes. And, and I'm very serious about it. it. It really came as a surprise. Think of doing good. Think of being original. Think of being critical. Think of your environment. Think of what you contribute. If it will be important, people will recognize you. Thank you so much. No, that because there was a question that was unanswered, and we looked for a question that was unanswered, and uh, in retrospect, it acted to our big luck because nobody believed us, so it enabled us why to. Why did you believe yourself? This is a hard one because we <laughs> knew that the secret is behind. There must be something behind. There must be something behind. All the data indicated that there is a system behind. And, but it was against the fashion. It was extremely difficult to fight the scientific community, the prejudice, the publication. But nevertheless, uh, we started it. And um, Is there a link with what you have been doing and autoimmune diseases yes. in which destruction occurs? And we've known for 30 years that these are some of the most difficult to treat, possibly with steroids, but they are very, very difficult. Yes, you dragged me into an area that I didn't want to enter, and that's science. <laughs> but uh, the answer is briefly yes. The system that destroys our, the proteins in the body also processes antigens and presents them to the immune system, to one part of the immune system, which is called MHC class 1. Doesn't matter, and obviously mistakes in the system will result in presentation of the wrong antigens and development possibly, possibly, I don't know that yet, of autoimmune diseases. Good morning, doctor. I'm Maria Steffen from the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. I wanted to ask you a question about the intersection between science and politics and peace. And if you see uh, science in the work that you do as a potential bridge between Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, let me just give you a practical answer. I have in my lab 
two types, two groups of students. I have Arab Muslims, Israeli Arab Muslims, and I have the most right-wingers in the Israeli political map. That if they would have met in the street, they would have stabbed one another right there with no question asked. And in the lab, they are talking a language that brings much more commonality and unity to their lives than the language that they could have spoken in the street. Yes, science is an excellent bridge to bridge over stormy political waters. I do believe in it strongly, and I, and I practice it daily in my lab.